Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into this theme, this topic of a holy desire. This is a new theme for us uh, that I have chosen to talk about each and every Friday. It is a theme that I am getting into because of your many questions about the spiritual life, right? And so what we've done here for the first, what, three, four weeks is take up the topic of just not prayer and intercessory prayer, but how we respond to the question, can you pray for me? So what was it? Four weeks ago, I laid out in a two-part series, so four weeks ago and three weeks ago, a two-part series on how we respond to the question, can you pray for me, with 12 keys, right? 12 points that we will now explore further. Last week, I talked about what is prayer and what is intercessory prayer, that we might have a foundation into better understanding the importance of prayer itself and interceding for one another in our prayer. So, where do we go from here? Well, over the next uh, roughly 10 to 12 weeks, we are going to explore a bit closer those 12 keys that we talked about in our initial programming. So tonight, this evening, I want to talk about this intercessory key of praying in faith, which is also what, but praying with trust. Because trust, my friends, is the most concrete act and virtue of faith. So we are going to talk about the importance of praying in faith. Why? Faith is primary. Faith is the door that opens us up to God. Whenever we approach God, we do so in what but faith. As Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 reminds us, without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And where do we read of this faith? Where do we read of such faith in the Bible? Uh, but the Roman centurion. After Jesus told the centurion he would go to his home to heal his paralyzed servant, the centurion responded, How, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, what did he say? He marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. So brothers and sisters, praying with faith is praying with the spiritual confidence, we could say, that God will always come through. And how does a person build confidence? But by virtue of repetition, right? Like the the athlete who works in the craft of his discipline and sees his craft grow and mature. So does one's trust in God the more he prays, huh? Again, trust is that most concrete act and virtue of faith. Trust is the great leap of faith. If it is an act, it is therefore a leap. So trust is the great leap of faith. Now, 
When we think about our uh, intercessory prayer, we should always bear in mind that God does not always respond to our prayer with a yes, <laughs> but sometimes with a no or not yet. Why? Because the most perfect prayer is, thy will be done. We might see something as a, as a good, but it might not be God's willed good in that moment. However God responds, this should never, never detract us from being intentional and specific in our prayer, but rather open us up, open us up to the Father's loving plan of salvation for all people. Okay, so when we talk about faith, there are very few narratives in the Bible that have more to say on this topic than that of Abraham. In many ways, we could say that the narrative of Abraham reads like a Hollywood script. You know, the drama that unfolds over 14 chapters in the book of Genesis, what are they? Genesis chapters 12 to 25. I spent, oh, many months, I think a whole year, examining the book of Genesis verse by verse. We spent a great deal of time talking about the narrative of Abraham, that narrative that is again comprised of 14 chapters, Genesis chapters 12 to 25. Now, what is the central plot to the narrative of Abraham? The central plot is what the Hebrews called the Akedah. The Akedah. Come on, Joe, start speaking English, right? Well, what is the Akedah? The binding of Isaac. The binding of Isaac. Now, a close reading into the narrative of the Akedah would seem, would seem to place God at odds with himself. Uh, what do we mean to say when we say <laughs> the Akedah would seem to place God at odds with himself? Well, let's first say this. Abraham is the bearer of the great promise that he was to be what? But the father of all nations. Recall God's words uh, from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And here's the great covenant pact with Abraham. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. So, years pass by, right? And at a very elderly age, his wife Sarah bears a son. We know the story. What is his son's name? Isaac. And Isaac is everything to Abraham. Not only his beloved son, but the one from which his line will prevail, that he will indeed become the father to all nations. Okay, so fast forward now 12 years. And what does God ask Abraham to do? What does God ask Abraham to do? But to sacrifice his son as an offering to him. What do we read in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 2? After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Okay, so imagine with me, if you will, what Abraham must have been thinking 
God just asked Abraham to kill his own son. There's really no other way to put it. And and I'm sure at this point, any casual reader of sacred scripture would probably put the good book down and maybe move on to their favorite Tom Clancy novel. I don't know. But we have the right to ask. Better said, Abraham has the right to ask. What father asks another father to kill his own son? What's more, Abraham must have been wondering, "Um, by the way, God, what about your promise, right? These are good questions, necessary questions, questions that make sense, right? And I suppose those questions lead to another question. How in the world are we to interpret this story? Well, for starters, through the lenses of faithfulness and his wonder of obedience. Now, let us pause here to consider what we mean to say when we connect faithfulness and obedience. Uh, St. Paul uses the phrase obedience of faith. Now, this is an obedience when you translate the Greek that is probably best understood as an obedience that springs from faith. This obedience that springs from faith is a phrase that harkens back to the Old Testament interpretation of faithfulness, which is derived from the Hebrew emunah, and probably best translates as uh, responsive listening. So faith is both belief in the existence of God and the obedient response to him, which is to say, my friends, faith is the obedient response to the who you believe in, the who being God. And I suppose in a culture that seemingly elevates the rebel, the person who says no to all the right things, the virtue of obedience is foreign, if not viewed as something altogether weak. But to the Christian, obedience is quintessential as it was a necessary counsel in Christ's own redemptive mission. What do we read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 9? But that he was obedient unto the cross. <laughs> Incidentally, the word obedience is derived from the Latin obadire, which translates as to listen. My dear friends, you cannot have faithfulness without obedience because you cannot respond to what you do not hear. And I dare say, for Abraham's part, he believed, listened, and responded. You see, my friends, Abraham came to understand and believe that overarching truth about the nature of God. God is love, absolute love. Love is the virtue that wills the good of the other for the sake of other, expecting nothing in return. Love, brothers and sisters, possesses no self-interestedness. No self-interestedness. This is the essence of God. God wills our best interest because there is not an iota, a jot of selfishness in God. This was Abraham's belief in God. He was certain as certain could be, that he was not being obedient to a tyrant, huh? but rather to a God who only wanted the best for him. So in heroic faith, he obeys even the most beguiling of requests, that of murdering his own son, because he faithfully trusted that there was great reward and revelation on the other side of the request. This is the greatness of Abraham's faithfulness and a faithfulness that ought to inspire. As it has been observed by many, (laughs) what an extraordinary thing it is to read and reflect upon the reality that is Abraham, a man who at the age of 75 years old was called by God to go in a search of a place he did not know, 
knowing nothing of the dangers he will face, nothing of the hardships he would have to endure, and yet he goes, goes with nothing more than the assurance that God would be with him. And this, my friends, embodies, encompasses the essence of what we are after, the dynamic of walking with God in faith, because the dynamic of walking with God in faith is walking in the yet to come, right? Abraham was walking in this dynamic of what was yet to come. Amen. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org. Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us.